0: amazing energy that I can listen to so many women. Processing the shoot, another woman's coming, listening, listening, processing the shoot, 15 women a day. So I was obsessed because I didn't know how to express commonality. Not through colors of skin, but through the eyes. So we turn the page, whatever the color of the women, and suddenly, with turning the page, you realize the commonality of a New Yorker. And boom, I now create oneness transcending race. That's my goal in my work. But I have to do the work through the eyes of a black woman because I am a black woman. The construct, the the way that society sees me is black. I'm not seeing myself like this. I'm showing you my other sisters and black women like vision and form. Which From that black form, I'm going to take a transcendental formless form. That's my work.
1: This is RX Chill Pill. Now is the time to stay well. Each episode teaches your brain how to become resilient with amazing stories, knowledge from experts, and short meditations you can do anywhere, anytime to elicit your relaxation response. I'm your host, Dr. Juna Bobby, resilience and stress management physician and mother of two amazing kids. Today I'm honored to have as my guest a very special portrait artist, Delphine Diallo. Through her work in unique and powerful portraiture incorporating collage and mixed media, Delphine strives to go beyond the conversation of race and to depict the common universality of the human soul. Delphine said in an interview with Artnet.com that photographs so far in history have a very limited interpretation of people of color. So I had this amazing passion and dream to embody a new mythology of women of color Portraiture, for me, was the key to doing it. Delphine's art has been exhibited in museums and galleries around the world, and she's represented by Fisheye Gallery in Paris. Her photojournalism work can be seen in the New York Times and Washington Post, among many other publications. Delphine's most recent photojournalism assignment with National Geographic covers amazing images at the protest in Washington, D.C., calling for the end of the pandemic of racism. You can also find her work on the cover of Teen Vogue, where she had the honor of photographing youth activist Malala Yousafzai. In a field of photography where only 13% of artists are women and less than 3% are women of color, Delphine continues to build a powerful, unique style vision and following. We talk today about her childhood, her biracial French Senegalese identity, her mentors and her painful but amazing transformation into the artist that she is today and her most recent passion project, Women of New York. Hey Delphine. Hi. How are you today? I'm good. I am so excited to be here with you. Me too. Delphine's been amazingly creative today, helping me set this all up. It's my second on location interview. So, congratulations. Um, thank you. you. Made. <laughs> and thank you for your makeshift. Um, I couldn't fit this microphone onto your table mm-hmm. because it's this beautiful carved wood. <laughs> <laughs> And after watching me for a little while she got all these planks and we got it together with a couple of 20-pound dumbbells. I love this about you because you are so creative and imaginative. I mean I know that's your job, but but at
0: some point it wasn't. That's um, I mean that was me from the beginning, I think, of the the beginning of time? Yeah, I mean I think this is this is my essence. Your essence? Okay. Very, like, I'm very creative. Uh, I'm trying to resolve things through imaginations. I don't understand mathematics, but actually creativity is very mathematic. But it's a different way to see things, so I can put things together. But if you talk to me about n- numbers and equations, I get lost. I just, I just, I think human being can listen the rules, can apply the rules, uh-huh. but doesn't mean they have to follow them. You know, we are already very constrained in a specific order and condition in the rules of a society. It's already a lot of condi- like of rules there. Uh-huh. So if I, if I'm not creative in a rules society, I rather go and live in nature you know, because mm. I think it's the only aspect of myself who, who can really be honest and open and loving because I have access to something that I don't have to be in competition or being judged. You know, creativity is something real, mm-hmm. like something pure, beautiful.
1: I understand you're not being a rule follower. I mean, rules are great. I'm going to say I always yeah. have both sides, right? You have to have rules or else people, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, mean, things will fall apart. These principles, right? Yes. So those
0: principles are, are being acquired because you, you are disciplined to understand them and to, and to practice them. Right. Yeah. But at certain points, I felt, um, they can't define who you are and what you're doing in life. That's what I'm seeing. It's like if I apply them, which is meditation, you know, making space for realizing that we are mortal people, and we have to be be grateful for everything in life. I'm aware of it, right? So the awareness of being able to follow principles in life, there of giving, you know, of giving, of exchanging, of communication, of social behavior, or making sure your friends are okay, your family is okay. Breaks certain rules, meaning within rules of compassion. I mean, that's what we made for. We made for, for, for expansion, but not expansion in terms of economic, uh, financial, you know, matter, like mm-hmm. material. Mm-hmm. We, we made for a growth of, of expansion of consciousness. You yeah. Know, you, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's like the material world is one thing, but I felt the Western world specifically is—it's focusing and directly, directly inspire kids and to be materialist, but like in in a very big sense, like you know, having five kids, having four cars, um, having three house. What I'm saying—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's a lot. its a, it's a world of society, and you don't have to do this.
1: Creativity requires moving past certain rules mm-hmm. right I can totally relate to that and sometimes I feel bad about myself for not
0: conforming exactly oh there's a guilt in me for sure it's not disappearing <laughs> it's like each time I know I'm breaking rules let's I am aware example. of it and I'm, huh? let's give an example for example the decision to be an artist it's like when I decide to be an artist I'm like oh my god it means I get an agreement with myself and the world and society to not following the rules anymore the belief system it's a new machine that you're activating
1: mm-hmm.
0: Nobody's believing in you when you say it
1: when you're becoming an artist. Yeah
0: nobody like it's it's a it's a, it's a it's a program who's never been taught to anyone even if people go to art school it's actually it's actually very strange because they create a society who now wants artists from art school art school yeah okay. so they, so they
1: want you to have art school training
0: yeah. Okay. Which is which is kind of crazy because I did school visual arts. You went to school of visual arts in New New York? No, in Paris. In nineteen ninety seven to nineteen ninety-nine. Communication visuelle. Okay. Visual communication. Uh Uh-huh. So it's more based on graphic design, you know. To be to actually they train you to for you to jump into an industry who needs a visual maker. So graphic designer, special effect artist, video editor this mm-hmm. is that was my training. Which school did you go to in Paris? Académie Charpentier School. Mm-hmm. 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 And of course they were programming me. Yeah. Do, do, do you understand like they like whatever the knowledge was good or wrong they were programming me uh-huh. to serve their services. The services of the economy which is uh, the the economy of the advertising. The economy of the music industry, whatever the the industry needs. So, at one point you become serving mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. the wheel of everybody's uh, vision. So, so again, you it's you like went you went to don't
1: school for mm. three years for yeah. visual arts, yeah. and you were taught a, a trade basically. Yeah. So you can go out and get a job in a company, yeah, and have your yeah. nine to yeah nine to five um, job, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. So you were working in a, a regular job, yeah. This is in your twenties,
0: yeah. I was twenty three. I worked uh, three years in a music production company, and we were doing special effects. I was doing special effects uh, and graphic design for uh, celebrities, like celebrities, musicians, uh-huh. like singers, uh huh. Yeah, for uh, Universal, Warner. Vagram Company, Sony Music, before the industry fall down. After, of course, the uh, the arrival of the internet and free access to music. You know, all that stuff was before.
1: Uh-huh. That was when
0: the time, like musician, was used to be make a lot of money selling CD. It was very exciting at the beginning because you get out of school, you're just in a very artistic, you know, surrounding. Everybody's cool. huh. Everybody's cool. I call that like cool. <laughs> but there is a limit to it the limit it's really it's not art so i start to ask myself the question is like why i was so frustrated and that frustration was coming from my side only i was the only responsible for not seeing the potential and the and the tremendous gift that creativity gave me then i actually use for others so you really
1: felt like you weren't using it was it because they were asking you to make um, art within the boundaries of what they wanted yeah, to sell yeah, commercially? Yeah, yeah.
0: Always, always adjusting your, your your creativity, which was not really yours. They were using your craft. So basically you so would make crafting. something and they yeah, would say, crafting. change this, change yeah. that. Yes, I was crafting you for them. You have to make yeah. it like this. Yes.
1: Okay, so that didn't sit well.
0: Oh, at 29, I, I, just, I just did a big breakdown where... I just realized, like, that was not me. Like, I, I, I woke up, like, probably the 30s, you know, when you arrive to 30s, you just realize it's like, but that's not me. Like, what I'm good at, what I'm really good at. And, and, when, you,
1: and when that happened, when you say breakdown,
0: what do you mean? Uh, 29, 29 years old when I was, like, between New York and Paris, and I was trying to, I was moving to New York to to actually expand my knowledge to America but especially to speak English I speak Spanish oh. as well oh. and I was working with other production company I didn't want to be in Paris so I, I wanted to give my knowledge of graphic design uh-huh. in New York for other company and so I, were
1: you freelancing at
0: that yeah place? I was freelancing and I, I was actually hired for my first visa to an American Latino company it's called American Latino TV so i was trained and i trained months crazy to be able to video edit content for a latino audience tv it's called it was called American Latino TV okay
1: so you start freelancing
0: and i started freelancing because and doing you just video didn't want to
1: be tied down to this job you yes. want to explore new yes. things yes 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 okay and then speaking of being multilingual you're Let's go all the way back. Your parents are from?
0: My mom is French and, and my dad is from Senegal and I'm born in Paris. My, mm-hmm. Both parents now are still together. They're living in Paris.
1: They're still together. Yeah. And is she Spanish?
0: No, my mom is. Where thinks... did you learn how to speak Spanish? Oh, my ex-boyfriend. I was oh, with okay. a, Colombian, a Colombian man for like 14 years. So wow. I speak Colombian here. Yeah. That's a long time. I okay. say it's because it's a different Spanish, you know. You learned it by just being with, a, with somebody? By being in love, oh. uh, loving the family, listening them talking all the time. And suddenly, it just came out of my mouth. Okay. Seven years. <laughs> oh, I'm speaking Spanish. <laughs> it was beautiful, actually, because I didn't know when it happened. And same for English. I'm mm-hmm. really good at immersive experiences. Yeah. Actually, I was not good in school. So you didn't learn English in school? Mm-hmm. I learned English when I moved in America at twenty nine years old. Wow. Yeah. I That's only amazing. speak English for ten years now. So you just start talking to people? I start to talk to people, yeah. Uh huh. And I start to listen a lot. And I start to go out go out only with uh people speaking English. No French people around New York. <laughs> no French surroundings at so. Completely immerse myself. So for me is the it's the fast to grow. It's immersing myself. Immersion. Yeah, yeah, immersion. Okay. It's like using all faster, your senses a very faster tools for me because i am a sponge when it comes to these experiences i really learn from them mm-hmm. i record everything you know like it, it looks it feels like my five senses work at the same level yeah while i'm sitting in a the class there's only few senses working
1: interesting so you for school was not great
0: no i was bored you were bored yeah. and you were doing that one-dimensional learning yeah I only like history class because the teacher was creatively stimulating when she was telling stories. What did she do? Dress up? No, she <laughs> was standing up and she was like moving her arms and talking about history or even geography. and she, she was very vivid and passionate about a knowledge. And so suddenly, for me, it was very easy to learn from someone who was passionate.
1: So she got your curiosity going. Yeah, because okay. she loved what
0: she did. Yeah. And she, loved, she loved what she was doing. But she at the must time. have
1: like created images for you of history.
0: She was the right? image. She was oh, the image. Okay. She was very, very vivid person, you know, like talking with the arms and, and a face and
1: emotions.
0: Yeah, she, she ta- she, that's what I'm saying. She was an emotional teacher, and I like this because I, love I learned that. faster, you know?
1: Yeah. I remember my one physics teacher, well mm-hmm. actually two of my physics teachers, mm-hmm. one in high school, yeah. one in college. Yeah. The one in high school used to have these little dolls that his wife sewed up. They look like little ghosts okay. and he called them gremlins. He would teach us like gravity and the force of throwing things by throwing it around the classroom. Right. We <laughs> need teachers like this. And then in yeah. college yeah. I had a guy, he opened, he's my physics teacher. He had um, an ice box, and we're like, what's he doing with an icebox? Yeah. He opens it up and like a hundred balloons came out floating into the classroom. Amazing. Gravity.
0: Let's start. No, helium. Oh, wow. Even better. He, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: he had balloons that were yeah. helium that float. Yeah, yeah. But if you put it in um, dry ice, mm-hmm. the helium contracts. Mm-hmm. So the balloons become shriveled up tiny.
0: Wow. That's so magic, right? Yeah, so then no, when he it opened did. it
1: up, like hundreds of balloons came out. They know how to teach.
0: Yeah, and that was amazing. We're missing we're missing teachers like this, but I, I'm not against, you know, them. I just say that if you need to teach to creative, you know, Mike, I'm a lefty. I am the 10% of this planet. Wow. So my right brain is well <laughs> like developed. I wonder, and I just realized like recently that actually I didn't know that we were so few. Like we don't think the same way because from the beginning that we born, we just realized we don't think like it. We don't think like the people next to us, and it's okay, actually.
1: Do you ever try to uh, use your right hand to write? Try to I did, I did when I was side? younger
0: because I would love to be on Bidex, you know? Oh, it was, okay. It was the coolest things ever when someone uh-huh. tells me oh, can I can write, oh, it's <laughs> so cool, you know? But I'm fully lefty, like, from my, like, if you scan me, I'm sure my entire body on the left side is where I have way more muscle, and way more kind of flow of energy than my right side mm, yeah interesting and uh, more I'm reading about uh, this the lefty and then the right brain and I, and I'm checking in history the lefty was seen as a sinner or as people we don't think the same way that, that the rules and then the people give you so we're the one actually who are actually outsiders. So there was like a superstition about left-handed oh, people. Oh yeah, you're saying. oh yeah, big time. In which culture? In a lot of culture. Really? That's yeah. so interesting. Yeah, Christianity. We just like evil people. Oh. And then in Islam, uh-huh. uh, I can't eat with my left hand because it's the is the end cleaning. The, really the lefty what, are the one that people like people know they're just not normal, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: now you're special, and creative. So yeah. um when we go back to your schooling, your yeah. board in school, who brought out all this creativity? From
0: the day that I then I was born, my mother always taught me creativity since I like since I remember her to give me tools like drawings and teach me art class. Uhhuh. Teach me how to draw very young age. I used to draw faces, you know, even before I I was old enough to draw faces and study anatomy, around five years old, mm. she told me colors. So she gave me a bunch of colors and, and I was already an abstract painter.
1: When you were five?
0: Yeah, I have. A, I can show you a picture. Yeah, I'd
1: love to. But what I'm
0: saying is like I was very, she, my mom could see that I was very sensitive to, to art. So she pushed me mm-hmm. and she teach me everything that I knew, You know the base of arts when you start to study art school. Mm-hmm. I started this at six years old. At five years old. Wow! Like every weekend, every Sunday afternoon, my mom was teaching me anatomy, perspective, mm-hmm. architecture, colors. Wow! Like we had a very specific schedule, and I think the schedule was on for at least three to four years. Mm-hmm. And I learned. I also have to read the biography of painters. From art history. So, my mom had a membership to magazines were only about the biography of painters. Mm. So, she knew what she was doing.
1: Is she a teacher? She was I mean, not. all moms are in a, teachers. She was <laughs> an
0: accountant, but I think her best passion. She was an accountant? Yeah, but Is she that... was a painter, but she oh. never was able to leave off of painting. Wow. She saw at the beginning few painting because uh-huh. she was por- she was painting portraits of people like regular people, right? Uh huh. She yeah. was doing reproduction, So I grew up um, with the reproduction of uh, Mona Lisa in my living room. I have the pictures of her Mona Lisa mm-hmm. and the real Mona Lisa. And let me tell you something. I'm telling you that my mom, she's a master, but she never knew. Wow. I so she really gonna... grew up with Mona Lisa in my living room. Deep
1: down, she's this artist. Yes. Was she unhappy being an accountant? It just was something she. She was unhappy. She she
0: was unhappy, but she knew that she was a privileged white person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my mom, she's aware.
1: What does that mean?
0: It means why was she a privileged white person? She was living with a black man, like yeah. I was gonna ask you you about that. That, You have to to understand how society works there, like in Paris. Like she was a blonde, short woman, and then she was she was with a black man, like dark like Senegalese. So we have to, I have to put in perspective also what kind of energy she also need to have for protecting herself against like racism or you know, criticizing, but also to be able to build a cocoon for me and a family to feel like I'm safe. Just kind of like How? sacrifice everything like for be able to be a mother and someone that you can count on. That's why she become an accountant. You know she. I gi- see. She, she did gave something up, very practical. Yeah, she gave up the painting because she was. She told me she was lacking of courage. She raised me the way that she wanted to become. She's like i I was. She not.
1: wanted to teach you everything she loved and learned. Yes. And she saw that spark in yes. you. She yes. She saw that you were artistic. Yes.
0: Yeah. So and she, she nurtured that. And she she teach me art from the beginning of my of my you know my life. And she put me in jujitsu martial art at six years old. Yeah. Was she a martial artist? No. She kind of knew. Like, she just found. The she discipline. just knew. It's it's so interesting. I have to ask her because she always tells me it's like I would never put you to ballet because wow. I don't want you to be weak. Ooh. I don't want you to be a girl because I think she suffered from it. She suffer she suffer a lot because she grew up around like five brothers. Uh-huh. And they would not pay attention to her, so she didn't want me to be a girl. She wanted to be like who I am right now. Actually, she creates Strong. me. She creates me. But I'm, I'm. Uh...
1: But you loved it. Yes, actually. Not, you weren't like rebelling against. No, her, actually, like it's, the, it's
0: the opposite. It's like actually, uh, when some people say, "Oh, you, I'm not yours," and you, this is what you want from me, <laughs> blah blah blah. You know, like uh-huh. my mom didn't tell me that be an artist, right? She didn't tell me anything, right? She just found the strength in you and nurtured She was my guide. (laughs) She was my direct guide, like some people are, I have mentors, but I recognized when someone is my guide because we have the same DNA and then I have the potential to do it, which she she didn't, she never did it. Do you know what I mean? You're making
1: me like have tears in my eyes and chills. That's I am. amazing.
0: Yeah, and That's I'm amazing. and I'm and I'm approving her hundred percent, and she's a part of my life because she's she creates me, and I'm the result of a of a creative outlet to the world. I'm a, I'm I'm the piece of my mom. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and then boom, course. and then I'm like giving extension to my mom that she can come to my life and see my exhibitions coming to with me in Amsterdam, traveling with me in New York Whoa. and see other of my friends yeah. and artist life because she contributed. It's like, it's cool mom, thank you. <laughs> but also she, um,
1: she wasn't bitter about not becoming an artist. She... Yeah, she's
0: sad, there is a sadness. She was sad? She's okay. sad, my mom is, has a sadness. Okay. Um, but she's hiding really well. It's very recent and I'm, you know, I'm getting older, so I'm aware of more energy and I can read energy better of people in general, and especially people that I love. But she's okay. nine now, uh-huh. so I think we talk about this now. I have a very deep conversation about my issues or or issues or uh, thanks for supporting a black man. What does she think about that? Was that? She won't talk about it. She won't. Yeah, which is kind of crazy. It's like it's a time like seventies and sixties. It's like this generation of our parents won't talk about their the constraint that society put on them, and Uh they should. And me, I'm the result of like I need to get out of Paris because this country is racist. There is no identity. You know, expression, and representation, anywhere. I need to get out of here. But do you feel you it's know? less so in the state? America is one of the most advanced countries when it comes to civil rights, human rights, and evolution. But it's a mess. But there is a fight. But That's we can fantastic. see the fight. Do you understand what I mean? Right. There's an industry for Indian people. There's a big industry for Afro-American. They fight for civil rights. The growth between the civil rights movement and now, it's kind of fantastic. Nothing so. happened in France for 20 years. But it's that slow. Yeah, nothing happened. You go to the movie theater, and there is no almost black people on the screen. Really? Yeah, it's like it's like it's like traumatizing. Wow. Like stop it, guys. And it,
1: <laughs> it's so interesting to see your fresh perspective on America. Yeah. You know, and for me, I grew up here, and I came here when I was very little. But mm-hmm. when I go back, well, I haven't been back in a while, but I have been to back to South Korea, and. It's very homogenous, I mean, compared to the states, and we we experience. we're
0: talking about the inexperience of the Western world. So we, yes. if we we can't compare when um, the East, China, even the continent Africa and in Asia itself, it's like so. It's not a, it's not a multicultural society at at the base even That's today. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But the Western world has a responsibility, and the responsibility of the Western world after colonization is actually to now open doors and opportunities to many of us, which come from different places, because they've been using us, <laughs> okay? So this is what the Western world is very interesting, because from using and carrying so much pain from, you know, slavery, um, and also using, you know, Chinese people and killing Native American. And whatever they did uh, at the the beginning of the century, even for 200 or 400 years, it's like now there is a time for consciousness to grow. And now people are more wealthy. They're Mm -hmm. not hustling like before. They're not poor like before. And I mean, there is poor, but I'm saying there is a growth in economy right now. So people have a voice. And it's very recent that minority have a voice. So if minority have a voice now, and it can be Chinese people, Indian people, you know Native American, black. Well, I I I see that as
1: a general people situation because if you go to other continents or (laughs) other countries, Mm -hmm. even the difference between being Japanese, Korean, and Chinese would be a huge detriment to you if you try to move into their society even though the rest of the world sees you are the same color or the same
0: yeah but that's why so, that's why western world is so yeah. important because it's it's, important. it's like it's yes. like it's like actually I agree. he's the access who actually can reach the level of oneness into I the acceptance so. and the forgiveness I of every so. ev- of everybody's scenes or or everybody's choice of religion this is the time this is the 21st century that's so been, that, that's, that's why I'm in way. america yeah right? and There's that's not, been the
1: way that we everybody's seen america
0: for 30 or or like whatever is the fight because it's very ugly but also very amazing. Uh I'm telling you I will never be able to do that even one second in France, okay? I just want people to understand that Europe doesn't have an economy at all for Uh people of color.
1: I see. Okay. And it's interesting because you absorbed America so much, right? You said you didn't speak to anyone who didn't speak English, yeah. for example. Yeah. So you were open arms about America. Yeah, as and especially well.
0: in New York because everybody's come from different places. Uh, I met mean, people from all around the world. It's not especially American. And I my mean, first met was Brazilian, from India, from so many places with different, you know, English accents. That's how I learned my English. And Latinos <laughs> like speaking English and speaking English. Uh-huh. And then it makes me more excited about the language, actually. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, like I have to understand what what you said. You can not deny it the English is one of the first language you can actually put people together. That's wonderful. you know all around the world. And what about your dad? So my dad was the opposite of I mom, very tough, a lot of authority, probably frustrated from the outside world as well. you know mm-hmm. He used to work at UNESCO and I d- never knew exactly what he was doing. Oh, UNESCO is a is a United nation company and he was consul as well for uh wad Abdullah what president uh 10 years ago or 15 years ago he was in france now for like 40 years mm-hmm. so my dad is born in 1937 he's 80 and he looks like 60. He came in um, in france because F- senegal was a french colony when they become independent he keep the first the first crazy thing is like when the french colony stopped to be uh you know stopped to have senegal as a Colony. Mm-hmm. It was in sixty eight or sixty four. I have to check the date. Sixty two, I think. They asked the Senegalese. My dad was moving in France, mm-hmm. but because he was both, like if you Senegalese, because you belong to the French colony, you can actually go to Senegalese, to France. Yeah. So you have double identity. Okay. You have a French nationality mm-hmm. and a Senegalese nationality. Oh, you can so have my a dual dad, Yeah. So it's so and so. For, my dad is laughing when people ask him, as like. What did you get? Your paper, visa paper, and you look at him you know, like <laughs> you don't know history. Like through the time that he spent in France, he was a French teacher. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like I have pictures of him with him around white kids. I be like, wow. <laughs> well, you're white also. Yeah, but but what I'm saying is like yeah. he was like a, he was really dark teaching class to six years old kids, white, all in a very kind of small Provence uh, outside of Paris. You know, what, so, where did you grow up? It's called Bouvet. You know, he struggled. He he was a teacher and then he couldn't find a job after he had to work for the same things that the MTA, the subway, uh-huh. you know, and then after he ended up to be working at the United Nation, which is wow. amazing. that's amazing. And the office job, an office job for 10 years, and then he couldn't find a job for 10 years after that. That was a very tough time for uh-huh. my parents because uh-huh. my mom has to handle everything. So French people are a little bit racist in the fact that they have jokes of black people they have joke about Chinese. In the 80s, that was very kind of like trendy to mm-hmm. talk like this. And mm-hmm. actually, that was not being seen as racist.
1: Mm-hmm. So, it was my just da-
0: yes. <laughs> so, my dad. normal. Yes. So, my dad was not actually, didn't want to be around that energy. And now I understand why he was not around the white family of my mom. I see.
1: You, was, do you know them? Yeah. So you're. I grew you up like in the
0: summer. Yeah, yeah. I grew okay. up in the summer vacation. We go to the summer house um, at the beach in the west of France. So. So they didn't like disown your mom or anything like that. No, but it was complex. So my dad didn't want to be around them. Sure. So, okay. What about your Senegalese side? Well, I discovered okay. them later. At twenty-three, I start to travel there, and then I now I keep traveling for the last ten years every year. So I'm really connected with my family in Senegal, and they they really I really. They really understand me. Okay. Like, it's true. My family uh, in France, I, I accept except few cousins that mm-hmm. I really get along with because they're kind of crazy like me. <laughs> they travel. <laughs> what do you mean by
1: crazy like me? Well, you? they travel. They
0: travel. We, we have so conflict. you're
1: like a nomad.
0: I don't judge uh, any kind of like race. Uh-huh. And I'm not criticizing and judge anybody because they're different from me. Whether and it's age yeah, or race. So when you get yeah. older, you realize people does that on a daily basis. We're in New York, so we don't realize it. Okay. But most of of the world does. Uh-huh. And they see people who doesn't follow the rules. hmm Do you understand? Mm-hmm. We're lucky to be New York.
1: And you, you in, um...
0: Just by being who you are, French and Senegalese didn't follow the rules. Today. Yeah, like really, like from the beginning, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because nobody really could figure out who I was anyway. So if they see my white blonde mom with blue eyes coming, they oh, would dismiss they that say? was my mom. They was like, oh, that's oh. not your mom. When you're kids, that kids are me. Yeah, how did you feel when that happened? Oh, yeah. I felt even more lucky. I was like, oh. Like, oh, they can't even imagine that I have a blonde mom. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like five or six and I really was like, I knew I was so special because my mom was blonde and my dad was black. Oh, so you felt very special. Oh yeah, always.
1: So did you ever get angry though?
0: No, I got both. What do you want guys? What do you want to criticize? That's amazing. I got both in me. I was just
1: listening to um, how I built this with Guy Raz. It's about entrepreneurs and he was he was interviewing the founder of LaFleur, which is a mm-hmm. women's clothing company and she's half Japanese and half white. Grew up in Japan, where people, you know, were very prejudiced against her. And her mom would say to her, "No, you're not half and half. You're double. You're
0: double." That's how. That's how I I always felt like. I always felt like very special. Like no one told me, you know. That's awesome. From the beginning, because my mom was like so gorgeous and uh-huh. my dad was so gorgeous. Oh. My two parents were like... That's why you're so gorgeous. Like, my two parents were gorgeous, so I was like so happy. I'm like, so mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> so you're in the gorgeous bubble.
0: Yeah. Like that. My dad had amazing taste. Sharp? Huh? Sharp, Sharp always suits. Suits wow. every day, 365 suits. days a year. Even today, it suits every day. I don't know who he's doing. But I think it's because of his, of his condition. He needs to prove himself that and then after he becomes an habit, it's like he won't go as a black man outside without a suits.
1: So you have to be extra. Yes. You have to have extra confidence. But I understand that completely.
0: Uh-huh. I don't I don't feel like it's it's like just funny. It's like that was his that was his weapon of acknowledging your your worth. Your power. Yeah. So I, I always felt like when I'm gonna have a little bit more money, I'm gonna have <laughs> my uh, three pieces suits as well. Like my yeah. I like this.
1: I love suits. It's a good way to just like clean up. Anyway, going back to mm-hmm. your guide, so we know your mom is this amazing guide. Oh yeah. And what about mentors? I heard you speak a so little bit mom, about mentors. So my mom, yeah, my
0: mom is my guide, but she had not, she didn't have the strength to teach me. Right? That was she was missing. The, 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 what what was do you it? mean strength? Like activation. strength is like strength. courage. Yeah, activation of like courage, force, and and no fear. Okay, so you're, I
1: feel like you're fearless.
0: Yeah, but no, I didn't get this ways. from my mom, right? Okay. I get this from, I mean, the, my dad is kind of like this, too. it be crazy. So I got this. <laughs> I got the strength from my dad for sure. The strength. Uh-huh. Yeah, from my dad. Um, I mean, they're two opposites. Huh? Well, they're so courageous. I think that having
1: mm-hmm. that kind of interracial marriage in the was 70s tough. was pretty courageous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, and I didn't, I just realized later. Oh, Because okay. they never told me about it, and I was like, Guys, you're the only one walking like this in the 70s on the street. Like, yeah,
1: like almost physically.
0: Yeah, because I didn't just... meet uh, kids like me when I was growing up, you yeah, know? Yeah. I think I, we like only one. In the, in the school, in the school of like 300 kids, we only two. Two mixed kids? Yeah, like mixed kids. And, mixed and I was friends also? with them. Okay. Yeah, like French and Senegalese as well. Yeah, okay. we became friends. People okay. are multiculturally, ah, like okay, so Algerian, multicultural. Arabic, African, okay. white, Spanish, Portuguese. Okay. there's already a lot of mix in France I but when see. it comes to culture coming but a mixed race not really. I see. Okay. That generation today in 2020 there is only mixed kids. There's which mixed is kind kids of now everywhere. Now oh, that's the so result. It's of, a lot that's the result. Because of all the okay. Yeah. Um, so you had other mentors though. Right? Yeah. They all contribute because I think mentor it's by steps, you know, by by decade or by five years. So let's say like in terms of like sports and athletes, being an athlete for young uh, kids or young person is very important for me. Mm. Like if I have to teach to any kids, like they're bored or whatever, it's like stop your computer, like (laughs) go and train, train, like practice, practice, repetition. So the repetition process of practicing with the body, the first one was probably jujitsu, right? And I got an amazing uh, woman teacher, a French woman. Okay. And she was a badass. And she was my first teacher for three years. But then my really good one, and I think she taught me a lot and she was really tough on her, on her, on us, was my volleyball teacher. Okay. Like from like 11 years old to uh, 14, 15. She was not joking. <gasps> With her, that was life. You see, the, the so one you're who te- very
1: attracted to people who are so passionate about what they're doing. Yeah. So yeah. she was
0: like, she was like, my, her name was Madame Claire. I mean, we have to call uh-huh. her Madame, right? She uh-huh. was short, and again, she was a woman who was teaching to change us. You know?
1: Transform. Like, yeah. Kids.
0: Like, like, like. Okay, we're gonna win this year. We gotta train. We gotta do this. We got competition. You know, like you've been, ser- like we've been serious with her training. So. But she was teaching you more than just playing yeah but she was really tough so the training was tough she uh-huh. was screaming all the time oh, screaming screaming oh, okay. all the time <laughs> do you think she, that was effective yeah because she made she makes us realize how lazy we are and then when you kids are from 11 to 15 you actually have the best potential and force within you to actually go over the limitation mm-hmm. because. hmm this is where the body's growing, yeah. Do you know,
1: and your brain is, and your brain as well. So, so, fast. so
0: I think she she knew about it. The, the reason why she chose to train kids from 12 years old to 15 is because she probably knew that's the push moment, the push button. It's here. It's the moment that you don't have to be nice because oh. the parents were nice and it's over. Okay. They need to listen now. Okay. But does she train. give you
1: any like positivity? Yes, we okay. won
0: everything. <laughs> I mean we won a lot, so. So that, we lost and when we lost were like devastated but because we won so much. Yeah, that so was one winning, of the winning. best time of my life. Oh wow! The first one, like freedom, like after your parents or whatever. Uh-huh. Your parents let you go free because you have competition and you go with your girl. So we are a girl team. And that's why I love volleyball after Jiu Jitsu. It was like too much like single. And then when I moved to Jiu Jitsu to volleyball, I'm like, we're a team, we're gonna win. We got like, how many teams? Sometimes we had like 10 women team to win, that's a, that's a, that's a competition. 10 teams, huge competition were like two days of like fighting one team, another team coming, another one's coming from another city. So that how was, did she
1: train you mentally though to win like
0: that? Uh, we we'll Just
1: showing up physically?
0: We, we we used to have her in school, so there was the training after school. Oh, so we used okay. to train three or four times. A week uh-huh. after school, uh-huh. like at 5 p.m. Literally after. And she just scream at you the whole time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's how all of us we. And then we all love her. Love her. Wow, What? We well, met she it. must have done something yes. that made you feel. And all of the women who were trained have with her. could just been
1: screaming like you stink. Yeah, kind but, of screaming.
0: Yeah, but all the, the women that uh, she trained mm-hmm. to are like uh, friends of mine that we catch up sometimes. Mm-hmm. They kind of like all badass. They're all badass? Yes, still so today. <laughs> today, you know, Okay, yeah.
1: so she picked her team, maybe.
0: not just picked, like she trained, some of them were like very weak and she decided as well to train them. And even today, the weak one, they remember her. Because wow. they, if they think but she, about- But did she
1: do it with love in some way? I can't yeah, imagine that yeah. she just did like yeah, yell at you and then you guys she did love because, her. Because when
0: we're winning, <laughs> Yeah, she was the most lovable person oh. ever. <laughs> so we want to, we want to see her happy all the time. You know, Wait, so she was the yin and the yang, We love that. But if she beast, didn't like win, beast. then she
1: would be so beast, angry. like,
0: oh. like you don't train. You just do mistakes. You just, you just don't push yourself. Uh-huh. That was so lazy. You don't talk to your partner. You have you have a team. You are a team. You don't believe you're a team. You're a team, and you okay, need to so be connected. Okay, so she really got
1: the team spirit. The, the
0: team spirit. You have to be a team to win. You have to be accountable to the other people. Yeah. Okay. And she so told she me told me that, you teamwork. Yeah, it was it awesome. was addi- it was addictive.
1: And is she uh, was she white French? Yeah. Or, okay. And what about your teammates? Just because we were talking a lot no, about like, race. No, like like, so.
0: but the race in Paris like was yeah. like. New York, it was very multi-mix. i okay. got one Arabic woman, So on your other... team, you had Arabic... Yeah, we were the a mixed team, yeah. French... Algerian and French. Um, high school, we stopped because my parents, and it was devastating for me. They, My dad just forbid me to play volleyball because I, I was bad in school. So he told me, like, if you... He... So you were doing badly in school, so you had to quit volleyball? Yeah, because I was doing too much volleyball. I stopped, you know, like, training anything for, like, from sixteen to twenty three, like it was kind of like sad, you know. You stopped because your school was suffering. So you No, to... like, I had to stop because my parents say you need to work, like stop like doing sports, you know. And in France it's not like in, in America, they don't believe in you in sports. And oh. I I wanted to be an athlete. Uh-huh. And nobody's supporting you when you want to be an athlete in France, especially oh. when you're a woman.
1: Okay. Yeah. So
0: your parents did not support no. you becoming an athlete. Not. Like it was like over and I'm like I was devastated for a year I start, to, I start to smoke cigarettes at 16, oh. but I stopped because uh-huh. that was not me, you know, I was trying to be like everyone else, and then I just realized, it's like, this smells bad, it's like, and I stopped from a day, another day, because it's like, it was not me. Uh-huh. Um, 15 to like 18, 18 yeah. so you had to study, had to stop, so you could yeah. go on to higher level schooling, yeah. right? but I didn't. I you didn't. didn't? I didn't, because I failed, the bachelor, I failed. Oh, the bachelor, okay, because they I have failed. a different system. Yeah, super tough, It's super yeah. tough, because I have a coefficient of German. I was doing German for nine years, mm-hmm. and this coefficient was so high that it just makes me, like, fail. So you were studying German? Yeah. So you speak German, too? I, no, I understand words, but because I didn't like the way they teach me, nothing's actually memorizing, so I don't know nothing about German language. Wow. Yeah, that's how, wow. that's why, that's how school was bad to me. So I wonder if you get... imagine all those hours. It's really kind of language is very tricky, you know. Like I don't learn sitting listening someone.
1: You failed the bachelor's, so that means you'd have to go to the, the trade school. Is that? No, it means
0: this is where my mom saved me again. I, I because in, in uh, it's not like in America, okay? Do um, you have a university in France? But they are free. Yeah, like we don't pay that's for. That's amazing. It. By the way, we don't pay for school in France. That's amazing. So my mom was like, I was like, my mom was like, mom, I was like, I don't. I don't want to do it again. Like, and I was crying. I remember one day I cried. And the good thing with me when I cry, it's only one day. <laughs> like I'm like this, right? I'm bam sad, and yeah. it's like 20, uh, 24 hour. And, that's and then, <laughs> yo, what's going on? But you it's know? intense. It's intense. It's intense. Hours. But okay. it's, but it's actually Fine. it's out. So it's okay. a good, it's a good outlet. Uh-huh. And my mom tell me, uh, save me again, and she said, listen you're not made for university anyway because you don't want to be in class anymore and yeah. be tall, those, are those classes who doesn't really kind of like, kind of like, interesting you. What, what about the school of visual arts? And I'm like, but they, it's private school, right? It's like, uh-huh. it's, you have to and I'm them. like, no, but I didn't even know about it. My mom was able to check uh-huh. to, to bring me to a, a school and to tell me that I have to, to ask me to bring all my uh, work of drawings that I did for wow. years, and guess okay. what happened? What? I jumped one class.
1: You got advanced. Yeah. To the next level. Of course. Wow.
0: And my mom was a great like, Delfina, I'm paying the first year, mm-hmm. and you figured out to pay the second year. So I work in a restaurant on the weekends while I was doing I was entering the school of visual arts.
1: Wow. So you paid for yourself too. Yeah. Amazing. Uh-huh. Amazing. So it was
0: the best choice that she did for me because I really love school. Of it was really good. I, like, for the first time, I was like focusing. So you knew that this was for you? Yeah, definitely. Okay.
1: So um, coming back to art now, you made a big leap from having a great job by all mm-hmm. intents and purposes, right? You mm-hmm. were meeting cool people, you were getting a paycheck, yeah. I mean, and you were traveling, yeah. right? But then you decide, this is not for me. This I, is, I need to be an artist. How did that happen?
0: Uh, broken heart. 16 to 31 is actually not healthy. That's a
1: really, yeah, yeah. from your teen years all the way Yeah, into yeah. yeah
0: it's growing up. Was he your same age? Like, wait, two years different. Oh, so similar. Yeah, okay. you know, we kind of That's grew up together, you know. Okay. So the separation was like the hardest things that I ever wow. had in my life, you know. Yeah, I so can th- imagine. So then... I had no other choice to question everything. So, I so questioned you were
1: suffering and then it came suffering, out of suffering. big time, yeah, yeah, big time. And then I didn't
0: understand like, the first time and I, I experienced this because even me, I was uh-huh. like, what happened to me? Why I can't eat? Like literally, like, I was, it was not me. Uh-huh. I can't eat. I can't think. I can't sleep. It was, you know what I mean? It's weird. Yes. It's like, it's not me.
1: You've never had that yeah. No, yeah. it's not my
0: nature. yeah. So when I processed that, And you had
1: stability for so long. I mean, with your parents. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then yeah. with this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, so yeah. it was brand new to you.
0: I was protected for a long time. That's what I mean. Like, you were protected. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, I got lucky until like 29. And then suddenly my words just sh- like shivering because I become an adult and I have to become a woman. And, and at On 29, I was like, oh my God, this is frightening right now.
1: And was that in New York at that point? No. That was, yeah, in New
0: York. In New York. Because okay. I moved with him and uh, we end up here, Troy Uh-huh who got you through that time myself awesome so I just realized it's like it was the first time in my life that I have to be accountable for myself uh-huh. and I talked to my mom and I have a mom I'm sorry but I have to disconnect and isolate myself a little bit from every connection from the past I'm not gonna to talk to anyone for a bit for a lot for probably a year right now Wow yeah and uh, I had some guidance I don't know what happened your to mom me. Yeah, my mom, was calling her like once every two weeks, but the communication was not like before. Okay. I need a distance. Uh-huh. And I, I, I hope, and I think she understood. Okay.
1: Because I
0: didn't want anyone anymore tell me what to do. I see. And to be able to process the arts uh-huh. journey and the path of the artist, I need to be not having any judgment or any thinking of anyone else. Uh-huh. So I had to go to Senegal, stay two months, my family in Senegal doesn't know me so well because they didn't see me growing up, so they don't judge me. They're from just, what they know from They're just happy past. To, to see me now, and I it see. was very recent for them to see me now. I see. So they don't judge me. I yeah. feel like home. And then because they, they met me recently, now I have a new platforms to change who I am. And so then, it's kind of
1: like shedding an identity.
0: Oh yeah, completely. <laughs> You know <laughs> this is this is gone I'm but gone. it was so
1: conscious what you're saying
0: to i me. had no choice because i was dying from it it was it was literally death like uh uh like i could feel my my mental death because you were so depressed that was i mean against me whatever it is it's like that i mean if you process that you can't sleep for for weeks that you can eat that you're you, you in the void uh-huh. and you stay in dark wherever you're in the light or in the day, this is depression, obviously. Yeah. And I never experienced depression, right? So it's like, I guess it's depression, you know.
1: How long did this go on for? Um,
0: so from January, 9, very short, like probably like, but it was very intense. So, the, I mean, the long, the, the, the long process to come back is longer, but the depression itself was a month.
1: And did you get any help, or you just you
0: relied let, on yourself? How did you know to do
1: that? How did you say like oh, something? I need to
0: not talk to anybody. Something very beautiful. After all my cry, after whatever, after all this pain, right? After all this cry, there is a beautiful thing in me came. And this beautiful thing is I call him my guide. There is this voice within me who tell me always what to do when I'm in a bad situation I didn't do you understand what I mean Mm -hmm. there is a voice like each time and I'm and I'm falling right boom and I have a challenge or I have a bad experience there is this voice and what did it say It said the voice said you have to leave New York because you're not strong enough you sell you put your stuff on Craigslist you tell your boyfriend that it's over and he can go on his journey. And now it's time for you to open your, your new adventure. But it's going to take you a month to three months to be ready to do it because you're too weak. So you have to buy a ticket, go to Senegal, stay with your family, have your family healing you from the roots, and then you can come back to New York.
1: <laughs> it's a very detailed voice. I know.
0: <laughs> I was amazed. <laughs> Told you exactly what to do. B- <laughs> Juna, the voice always there. Tell me what to do, by the way.
1: But is it like an inner I have this conversation with a lot of people who are very artistic and creative. Is it an inner voice or is it an actual voice you
0: hear? It's inner. It's inner. It's like, so it's like, it's like there's like no a,
1: sound. It's sort of a thought that There's no up, sound. There is this but screen. it says you. Huh? It addresses you by you. You true? need to.
0: Yeah. Okay. Like, oh, like some people believe I'm crazy because sometimes I talk, talk about me as the third person.
1: So you have another because part I am,
0: of you. I am the condition. I yeah. am the conditioning. Like, like what happened when I, I get depressed, I realized that my subconscious, like the guidance of the inner voice took over me and I let him do it. Uh-huh. I was not scared of the dark. Mm-hmm. And I was not scared of going to the dark. And because I was not scared to go to the dark, I was not sad anymore. I kind of knew that the pain was there and I recognized the pain and my, the pain needs to become recognizable and not be anymore my enemy. Because this mm. pain is something that actually I'm, I have to face through my life. And I can't lie and hide anything anymore from my dark side, which I never discovered before because I was protected. It's like, hey, darkness, show up. It's like, no, I don't want to see you. I'm depressed. So Mm -hmm. you spend
1: your months in Senegal. Yeah. And then you come back. What happens then?
0: Do you quit your job? It's so funny. Like The the voice was very, actually, the first year. And I would love to uh, one day transform that to a movie because the, the intensity of the force was... Very clear. I got a lot of clarity. So when I came back from Senegal, mm-hmm. I, I immersed myself in Senegal in the life of Senegalese people, right? So when I moved back to New York, uh, a month after, just after the winter, when I arrived to New York, New York was for me the most fantastic, fantastic city in the world because New York gave me the opportunity to, breathe, to be completely brand new because nobody knew me. And the new was really talking to me like I was I was broke I didn't have money so I called one of my friends I was like I was not even scared with no money I called my friend and I'm like hey um I have a favor and I was already like changing my art like I said, like, can I stay with you at your house for three months and I can cook for you clear clean your stuff and um, I need three months to gain weight because I was very skinny Uh you know I was not healthy Uh so I could not find a job like it was not working this way so I need to get back to my shape Uh and be strong enough to start a new a new life Uh so she said yes so I stayed three months to a house and for those three months I process an amazing and fantastic change of my subconscious and change of my belief and worth and wisdom or futuristic vision of like, oh, I have to project myself. So I had three months. I give myself three months to project.
1: And what were you doing day to day?
0: Exactly, right. <laughs> I was on my own. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was, didn't have money to pay for a metro card. And I was asking my mom to only send me $100 a week mm-hmm. for food. Mm-hmm. And that's what she was doing. And that trained me to actually do and create, I mean, and expand in the creative walking. So the creative walking becomes an habit for me for three months where each time I will walk somewhere into the city, it can be 25 blocks, 20 blocks, wherever I go to the city in Manhattan. I will stay in Manhattan, but I will will own the city. The city will become my city. So the fact that you're walking in so many different places, Upper East Side, Upper West Side, um, so you just started walking? Um, yeah, like Forrest Gump. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, kind of like yeah. like for for days. I mean, I was coming back. It was. It was Were you just observing? Yes. So I was in a in a meditation state and an in a, an observing state. Three to four hours there. The I had, this is the only thing that I can do. Walk. What were you observing? People,
1: things, places, just visually and That was so
0: vivid. That was so beautiful. People were beautiful. Life was beautiful. New Yorker, actually kind of amazing species. So you have this sort
1: of curiosity about people. Yeah. Is it about only people? Because you're a portrait artist now. Yeah, yeah. Is it mostly about people or everything in the city? I mean, of course, like the the
0: expansion of my, my work as a portraitist is expanding to nature itself. Uh uh-huh. You know, so the port- what portraits is such an obsession is because through history and through portraiture, we can read emotions, we can read energy, we can we can scan and value the worth and the craft of an artist, mm-hmm. and understanding the way that society was working and functioning because of. The way that the artist is witnessing society—that's why artists is so important for societies because it gives another another, understand, another understanding who's actually not made by anyone else. That's like an interpretation. Yeah, but an interpretation history. with more with more spiritu- spirituality into it. You know, like when and Michelangelo and all this commissioned painter—I mean, those painters were amazing—and they were commissioned by the church. Uh huh this society will commission artists for showing spirituality into public space we don't do that anymore so when you were walking around what was your purpose did you have
1: one or i did had the to voice find my purpose something? that's what you said so well so that's what it was telling you to do yeah. just keep walking yes so what happened after days and days of walking for hours what happened
0: then the voice i mean this year was amazing because the voice was very amazing every single thing that the voice told me was functioning okay so after those walk and stuff i said like, okay now you, you 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 gain way too good now it's time for you to find a job to be able to start to be an artist and you can find a job in a company in a production company because they are a vampire and most <laughs> of this company they will like steal your energy again your energy it's your money you're a millionaire right now but you can see it because you don't have the the money average but your energy right now doesn't worth you to waste time anymore into prediction company so find a way that your body is going to serve you to give you that tips and that money cash then you can have three to four days free and do exactly what you need to do and what exactly what you need, what i'm going to tell you to do so, so your uh, consciousness yeah. was telling
1: you that you shouldn't go back into like the oh, yeah. nine to five suck your energy
0: it's an amazing uh courage yeah for for me not just for me. That voice is like, actually, you are not going back. Can the, go the, back to the career anytime,
1: by the way. Just like the, the safe life, kind yes, of like the routine yes, life, yes. right?
0: Okay. I got it all. I got the, the boyfriend. I got the car. Yeah. I got the scooter. Okay.
1: So now your voice is telling you to become an artist. Spend your energy. Yeah. Did it say what you were gonna create, or you always knew you're a visual artist?
0: No, I I, I didn't know. So the, my life at this point became magic.
1: You've worked with major people. Shepard Ferry. Chris Rock. Sweet Beats. Chris Rock. Malala. You a, t- yeah, pictures of her. Like, Chris Rock was um, that portrait you took of him. Yeah. is It was extraordinary. Thank you. I have to say. Because I mean, I've obviously seen a lot of pictures of him, but I, I've never seen that particular. And I did and the creative amazing.
0: direction, which means he let me do it. Because I was like, can I suggest you something? And I just took my, the smoke was actually uh, the incense. Uh-huh.
1: It was incense. It was it incense. Wasn't him exactly. Smoking. Exactly. People I believe it
0: because it's healing process. He was screaming ashe or whatever, to save the world, and that was incense. And people believe he was smoking weed and it was high. That's what vision does. So in the training, in the guidance training, was like, well, the only way you can be a good photographer is to know people.
1: hmm
0: And so that's why I think restaurant will be the best place for you to know people to study them. Uh-huh. So we're gonna play a role and oh. I did play the role. What was the role? I was Delphine the waitress. <laughs> Hi.
1: That's not me. The best waitress?
0: <laughs> no, that was the worst waitress when it comes to just serve the right food because I never learned about the food it is. I was the worst waitress.
1: I used to always think, what do they want from me? Yeah. They want me to serve them? Yeah, like, yeah. oh yeah, wait. Yeah, I, yeah I'm a waitress. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Me too.
0: Terrible. Like what's up? Terrible. Like, really? And they're like ha
1: ha ha I heard in the other interview you were saying like you had to wait on hungry people and they're like the most
0: interesting. Yeah. They're, hungry, they're right? horrible people. Horrible mm, when hungry. Yeah. Hangry. Yeah, like even like this, they look at you like mm. you turning left, you turning right, they're like, mm. <laughs>
1: So did you enjoy the the waitressing?
0: I mean that was enough. Like the process was very important for me to grow as a as a photographer today for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What part of it would you say? The Just
0: part observing? of it. The observing, like and then I had so much fun. I had so much fun. Like yeah. the girls that I was working with, the that was a free time in my life. Like I didn't really I was not putting pressure on me. I didn't want to get married. I want to have kids. I just, I was like, I was like, this is my free year. If Mm. I want to be waitress because I want to become an artist, let's have fun. The let go of this year was amazing because even if I have to go back today and and I think the restaurant and I think whatever happened to me to this life. It brought me back to life itself. no more office job, only people, conversations, social life, social living, going out, having fun, uh, not judging anyone. Uh-huh. You know I had new rules. and uh-huh. those new rules were setting you know setting up to my new being as a delphin. like I didn't know who I was. So am mm. I'm gonna get so hard on myself, I just started, I'm a baby. So the the birth of a new era or the new being was very, it was an amazing emotion.
1: But you felt good though?
0: Yeah. Did you ever have any self-doubt? Did no. you ever
1: have any negative voices like "What are you doing? You should get no. a
0: job." No, which is kind of amazing no. actually. Wow. No, even if it was tough and stuff. Like,
1: well, that's why you didn't talk to your mom as much. <laughs> oh, get nobody a, ever
0: trusts the process of someone, by the way.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. Like your parents would probably worry and say, "Hey, you need a real yeah. job. Yeah, you yeah. need a real paycheck." Yeah, so the, that, yeah. I so didn't want to have anybody why. worry in my life anymore. So you said also in the other interview like a beginning like that is always sacrifice. Yeah. So what, what did you mean
0: by that? I mean, sacrifice you... means material. So I need to give up on buying stuff. Uh-huh. I okay. uh, didn't want to, I had to train myself to not want it. Oh. So you know what I used to do? What? Because I knew, I used, I knew how I was conditioned to want things, that I would go to the store myself, check the clothes that I like, uh-huh. and will push myself to go out of the store with nothing. I would choose them. Oh you would choose the or would you them. Or I would touch them whatever. Sometimes uh-huh. I would try them. Uh-huh. But the goal of this training was actually for me to leave with nothing. Interesting. So I would leave wow. the, the store with nothing each time.
1: You play a lot of games with yourself. I yeah. love it. Yeah. It's like you're training your brain tra- all the time. Yeah. So this discipline comes from like your beginning with jujitsu and then your training as a volleyball athlete. And then now... Yeah,
0: it's a play. I mean, it's a play, right? It's like right. when you're training, it's like you're trying to find a new training and you realize it's like, well, but I can apply the training for myself. I never did it. I always go to school. I always listen to people. I listen to teachers. I'm like, what about me? I'm uh-huh. smart enough to just put my own rules. It's
1: time. And you study on your own a lot. Yeah. You read all the time, you yeah, see, right? Yeah, what yeah. is What is your most favorite thing right now that
0: you're reading? I know you were into Neil deGrasse. Yeah, Neil deGrasse it? is like, I like to watch him.
1: You like to watch him? Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah I'm not. I'm talker. not reading his book as much as Joseph Campbell. But for example, uh-huh. I got in this morning my Joseph Campbell, uh-huh. uh, the Inner Reaches of Outer Space, uh-huh. and I'm going to the CD pick up stuff. So Joseph my Joseph Campbell is my um, audio man. Mm. I go with him anywhere, and but I'm You studying. study on your own, yeah, all the time. Because right? I realize it's like it's so crazy that we've been we've not been taught. That we have the tools and the energy and the potential to study exactly what we love to study. Mm-hmm. And then the study is not a bad thing, which I believe it was a bad thing because I didn't like that what people teach me. Oh. You know, in school. Oh, like I, like I,
1: school, quote so, unquote. So, yeah,
0: so I, at 29 or 30, when I realized I was dumb because there were so many things that I didn't know, I was like, okay, so if I'm dumb and I want to learn, I don't want to go back to school. I don't like this energy. Who, who
1: called you dumb though?
0: No, myself. Yourself? Like okay. this guidance. Like uh-huh. whatever, like I had a Said lot of you like, need
1: to learn more. Yeah, so the, yeah. the
0: guidance was telling me is like, that okay, so you go to the I'm not gonna give you the answer completely, but here's the training. You go to the store, you stay at the store, the booknelly uh, McNally bookstore, and you find what you like what you would like to read. And I end up in the mythology Section and I remember when I was a kid, I loved mythology. See, and I forget about it. So it's like, let's start from the beginning. So I used to love Star Wars, and I l- used to love Greek mythology. And then I saw all these other mythologies of Joseph Campbell. Like, and I'm picking up the book of Joseph Campbell, right? And I just realized that the book of Joseph Campbell that I'm reading is the same book that who inspired George Lucas Star Wars, and really? it's the same book who inspired Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee. It's weird. Joseph so the, Campbell? Yes. So, Joseph did Campbell. Did you know
1: Joseph Campbell when you were younger, or you just no. found it in the, in the section of Macmillan Bookstore? Yes.
0: And then I just so realized amazing. after that Bruce Lee changed his entire, a lot of things in him because he studied him and same for uh, George Lucas. Wow. And I was like, You're wait.
1: Crazy. and you're just wandering about in the bookstore basically yeah because your mind said go look for something yes go
0: in. look for something and because the title was amazing it was the 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 hero with a thousand faces so the like, hero with a thousand faces i was like oh okay. and then after i studied bruce lee so i what i did is like i get back to my childhood and the, like and then i just realized it's like okay what i like from six to ten and i make a list i was like a star wars wow bruce lee I was a fan of Bruce Lee, and I just realized like all those people that I really love, they all have something very common. They have the vital force. Joseph Campbell yeah. influenced both these people. And how yeah. did you learn about Bruce Lee from all your martial arts? Martial art called me because it's like, hey, if you want to be an artist, there is no other way, my friend. You have to go back. You to need martial to go art. back yeah. because of the discipline. Yes, I don't fit. The New York non-discipline aspect. You mean the partying? And yeah, the I don't need. I don't okay. need all of that. Yeah, the
1: materialism.
0: I'm okay. okay. Yeah, I'm okay. okay. Like I'm French. Like I'm not born like as an American. Like needing, like needing stuff all you the need time. Needing to like,
1: renovate things all the time. Like I
0: cook, you know. Like yeah, read books. Are, Simple things, you know. Nice. But um, the nightlife and the and the wanted and the greed of people always want to being seen
1: so let's go so joseph campbell you start reading him
0: yeah this is crazy what happened because this is how i learned english literally his words were like so good to me that i was drinking his words and that's why i learned english faster It's because i love reading joseph campbell books i think joseph campbell words and writing is actually really good writing for someone who wants to learn english they flow he's using words he wrote books for the world. I love the story. So, okay, what are the
1: three things that you have to ground yourself? Like, what are your daily
0: disciplines that you have to do? Like, So, the problem with an artist life, I can't have a regular schedule. You can't? No, because if I have a regular schedule, I'm not motivated anymore. I That's see. That's why I'm an artist. I see. Because I can change my reality, and I can change the way that I'm dealing with daily life. But so, when
1: you talk about the discipline part, what are the three disciplines? Like, what are the I have more than three. Every? I have many. Let's say if
0: you had to pick three top ones. Oh, uh, like recently, right yeah. now, like I'm very disciplined with meditation. Meditation? Yeah, What day. kind of meditation do you do? So I'm doing uh, like this application, help me. I'm doing sync-truition. Sync Tuition. Sync? Sync Tuition. So Sync Tuition is an application. How do you spell it? Sync, like syncing. Yeah, S y n t. Tuition. huh
1: Tuition. Oh, yeah. okay. So, oh, you told me about that yeah. meditation app. It's very yeah. like
0: uh, spiritually. Three-dimensional three, dim- like, three oh, yeah. Dimensional sounds. Yeah, okay. So, so you're using that app. Because what is excited me is the changing soundscape every day. Okay. So the fact that I wake up and I have to go to another soundscape push me no, to stay awesome. 25 minutes in so meditation. So do you do
1: 25 minutes first thing in the morning?
0: Yeah, as soon as I wake up. As soon as you wake up. As soon as I wake up because I'm not awake. I like it. Oh, because you're kind of half away.
1: Yeah, it, I think it's awesome. the best way for me to meditate. Nice. It, okay, and you don't, but you don't wake up at any regular
0: time. Yes, seven thirty. Seven thirty. Time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then what do you do? Uh, what is something else you do? And then after, um, let's say that I'm aware of my space. I'm aware of. But do, do you do like, like kung fu? What's no, your other no, thing No, you no, no. Oh, I do wushu, qigong. You do wushu, yeah. qigong now? Qigong, yeah. Okay. So I'm doing it. Like, I'm trying to do it every day. And you have a so a personal I, have, I have a personal trainer, trainer as well
1: who does the wushu. Yeah. He's a wushu master. Yeah. Okay. So is that something you would say you do physically every day to ground you and
0: kind of as yeah. a discipline for so you? Yeah. So it's like it's amazing because uh, wushu really kind of. You know, in difference of yoga, because you got you the mat, and you got the dog pose, and you got all those pose, but I get kind of annoyed uh, with okay. the pose, because they're very stiff. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm not a stiff person. So I like Qigong, and I like those stuff, because it, it really allowed me to to also, you know, if I close my, if I close my, you know, my 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 hands, and I can... I can feel that, like, like when I'm connecting with the Tantian, right, right there, yeah. and I'm like breathing, I can feel the energies flowing, and then when I'm opening my arms again, I can feel the energies coming back, and I I think it's more magic, and I like magic more. Yoga uh-huh. for me, it's not magic. Okay. There Something is a, which
1: is very flowy. There is a result
0: of... in yoga, uh-huh. but I felt it's less magic than Qigong okay but you feel
1: that flow that's sort of like uh mind-body connection i felt more more
0: flow within my body after qigong than yoga i see okay like the flow it it just pushed me to flow even more
1: okay let's talk about discipline around money yeah i love talking to women about money Mm -hmm. and even especially artists and like people who are entrepreneurs or just are in charge of themselves because as you mentioned you started out with zero Mm -hmm. Did you have to have a different attitude towards money to start making money and to start
0: having a discipline around that? This is a very hard question because it, I mean, it relates on your relationship with money and how much you're going to believe in yourself if you don't know. Or, I never know when I'm making money. I never know when I make money
1: mm-hmm. or
0: how much I can make money. Like I never know. Like Through the years, you tell me, like, did you expect this kind of money? I'm like, not really. Like This is coming to me. But... It's it's like the magic of like the art, It's like the production brought you opportunities. So instead of like thinking as a strategy and marketing and business person only, you you have to be creative. So the creative creative have always a space where unexpected things can happen, and you have to let an unexpected event come to you. And to be able to do that, you have to be very flexible. So through the years, I can create backup. I can create a flow of energy. So, the only way I'm not stressed anymore is when I felt like if I have, I give you an example, uh-huh. which I had before because I was scared of not, not having for a while. So, I was, but it was kind of anxious stress about money. So, uh-huh. it didn't make me feel good during the day. Uh-huh. So, now what I do, I'm taking more risk to make the money flows. I receive money, right? And then I'm going to put money on the side here, 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 and then I'm going to spend the 10%. Mm -hmm. And each time that money is coming, I have an agreement with myself that this money is going to be placed or spent and 50% is going to be kept. And before I was never doing this. So now you have a system. And now the system, actually, I realize it works way better than when I was not doing it because I make more money. Mm -hmm. Because I am now in my manifestation (laughs) Manifestation. Manifestation. <laughs> the manifestation is like I'm thinking about money completely differently like a friend. Like a friend. Not like an enemy or like something that is like not gonna come to me.
1: You're selling art. Yeah. So that's so different from yeah. putting a price on like a meal. Like everybody has the yeah, price this could be ten dollars for price a sandwich. Tag. Yeah, yeah, a price tag. But artists it's no. so different.
0: The the rules is like you need to find people who their job is to sell your work
1: okay so you have an agent
0: i have an agent mm-hmm. and i have a gallery mm-hmm. and they're selling my work they're going to exhibition they're going to fair they're showing the work at the public art mm-hmm. this is what it's my business strategy this year but i got more outlets you gave up that control now to people who do that for because a they for know you. what I, yeah because yes. they know that they can make uh, money from it okay so you're having help yes in that. it's very and recent awesome and i have way more help than well before. congratulations yeah. that's mm-hmm.
1: amazing I wanted to ask you really quickly about that Shepherd Fairy yeah. piece you did, mm-hmm. and now you're mentoring this kid mm-hmm. in the piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell me a little bit
0: about him. I mean, in mentoring this picture, young kids. Menelike on this picture he was thirteen years old, uh-huh. and uh, I'm also mentoring the twins. His sisters were like three years younger than him. They're your nieces and nephews. Yeah, I mean, they they my you know, I'm what? The, a big no. Oh, they're not your blood. No, they're oh, not my blood. Because you brothers. always
1: called them your nieces, so I because they, your they call nieces. me aunties,
0: I'm officially their aunties okay. because I'm helping the kids, so they call me aunties now. So you're a mentor now. Yes, you to know? these young children. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And for them, I'm, I am the inspirational, but as well the the person who gives them access to money. You
1: uh-huh. know,
0: like the fact that I them, they were able to be an agency, oh. they were able to has hire by agency. After this shepherdpherd uh, ferry, um, Manedich was able to fly to China for doing a campaign for Nike. It was in a campaign and stuff, so he was able to see the potential of a visualization. I see. Um, so today, like he's 15 and he's getting older, so he knows that he has a power, but he doesn't know what it is. So that's but you why I love now
1: kids. I know you do. Yeah,
0: because I'm 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 as well. It's like have, I'm studying qigong, uh, specifically uh, a certain qigong called uh, Falun Dafa. It's a very specific qigong, and it's been forbidden by China by oh, yes. for many years. yes, I've heard of it. But there is one one aspect that this person's talking was is very interesting. Is he's talking about the primordial infant in you? Uh huh. So when you are awakening, when you when you start to wake up, when you start to you know, be awake to consciousness and be, you know, your third eye is open and, 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 and a new world that now is completely changing perspective because you're starting to wake up. This is, this is actually the state of, an, um, of a child. So you're back again yeah. to a child mind uh-huh. where everything the is The beginner's poss- mind. Yes. So that's why I love kids is because everything's I am there, bec- I am there and, and by the way, they can see I'm there with them. Mm-hmm. I have the same brain. When I see a kid, it's like I know his potential. It's like, oh my so God, that's like yes, amazing. The potential.
1: You mentioned that, mm-hmm. that was so eloquent and beautiful when you said that about mentors in that other interview that mm-hmm. I listened to. You said, a mentor is somebody who sees your potential.
0: Yes, and
1: and yes, uh, like you. And then you, push,
0: and then see, and then the fact that even you don't, you can see it. He recognizes it, so it means. He already saw you in the future. It's kind of amazing. But he again, saw you in yeah. the future. He who projected, uh, let's say, Peter Beard, like the mentor, my mentor for photography. Your mentor,
1: Peter Beard, yeah. who mm-hmm. is a famous photographer. Yeah, yeah, too. yeah. And he saw your potential.
0: He saw it. Like, And at the time I realized, I thought it was crazy. I was like, why he told me all that?
1: Wow, I, how I, old were you?
0: I was uh, I was 29.
1: That's another day, another story, how you yeah. met Peter Beard, yeah. oh my god. I mean, this, those really? things, this
0: shift happened at the same time. Like, the happens. breakup, the breakup of my ex, and meeting Peter B happened exactly the same year. That's he why I had to break through. Potential. And he saw my potential, and he just asked me questions: like "What are you doing?" Wow.
1: So I get so many chills in this interview. Yeah. Um, the work that you've done that you're most proud of to this day. I know that's hard because they're all probably like your babies. But
0: no, no, no. I mean, the the work that I'm most proud. Of, is the work that inspire inspiring most people? So that that might be a collaboration with Shepard Ferry. Mm-hmm. because I saw the force of my image mm-hmm. and the force that it gives to a society to mm-hmm. change. So of course that i I'm, my most proud project is when I I can touch as many people I can for inspiring them to change. So if a picture is representing a change. Uh-huh. I mean and and the, but by the way this picture gave me a lot of because uh, at the time I, I, I you know i experienced a really hard time uh that was 2016 right mm-hmm
1: 2016.
0: yeah and then i i processed the death of one of my um you know love the same month. so that was so really you lost really a, a loved one mm-hmm. that same month at 37 uh-huh. years old he had and i lost uh, a person the same month that these things came out uh-huh. so it was actually a really good gift like thank you because I, I could be at the women march and after after I was in a funeral in Dubai I think it was like a week difference I was I was in the middle of this woman march and that gave me so much strength to keep doing my work because I didn't have any more strength anymore you know the problem when you're an artist sometimes you don't you don't have backup like, uh-huh. backup means if anything happened to me, like physically or mentally, mm-hmm. I have to have backup, and I don't. So that's very dangerous space sometimes to be, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like mentally or physically, like I don't have an extra you know, caution to
1: mm-hmm. just like
0: stop to do anything that I'm doing for a month or two. I don't have, I can't stop to do what I do for three months, mm-hmm. you know? It's like it's you want to always process. But now yes. also money-wise, I can't. Mm-hmm. I, I need to I need to keep producing because this is how the work's coming. You're gonna keep producing. hmm And so what is your legacy
1: that you want to leave that people
0: remember you by? You know, whatever I experience as a woman and my shift and my change of consciousness and I experience into my lifetime so in space, like it's the expansion and the growth and the potential of a woman vision that I, I, I want to inspire the most people to see that they've been conditioned by society very deep and it's very strong mm. and we need an entire army of women right now start <laughs> to be awake you know i'm one of them uh-huh. i feel like i'm one of the awake one but i'm one of the probably the first one of my generation who's awake right but the generation from the 30s and 20 right now are way more awake and faster Menelik prove me the twins prove me your daughter prove me, like always not like this so my legacy is based on vision uh-huh. i'm a visioner. Uh-huh. i can visualize oneness togetherness collective consciousness uh-huh. that's why i can visualize uh-huh. and through my work hopefully in books and publishing in the next 10 or 15 years people will buy the book for the legacy of someone finally as a photographer who are seeing the inner beauty of a human being and that's what i want my work to be remember not just i'm a great photographer you know like that's this cute. is a tool this is a tool this is like hey i want to talk to the shaman or i want to talk to people who have the spirituality and and the gift of vision that people like hide them and 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 treat them bad because they're like they're like fake people right so actually they're the real people they the people like for centuries they had visions and help the kids and help the parents and they didn't need a therapy the therapist was the visioner as a shaman and then and then this society completely destroyed the vision of every single human being it doesn't matter the color by the way so they don't want us to talk about this issue they want they now they just want to talk about gender race and color but i am talking about something After that, that's the big topic. And the big topic, it's like, we need to realize we lost a vision because society is really trying to direct us in one vision of a capitalist world who work and function this way in terms of consuming, economy, exchanging, and giving. And this is completely wrong, you know? So in my work, The Visioner, Uh I will give this understanding into the Divine Feminine energy. So my work is a representation of the Divine Feminine form. Of? Of just humanness? Of of humanness, yeah. Of the oneness. The vision of the Divine, yeah. And you just did this amazing work, Women of New York. Yeah. Right. So I did this project because I felt frustrated after with the people, the dimension and it could reach, uh, stop pretty quickly. Uh Because it was just a moment in history and it just it just did that, right? It's like open the flower and the flower did that Uh and then nothing happened after and What I just realized is like oh because my expansion has to be different and there's something that I didn't understand So I just realized it's like what in my work is not enough and what I have to change in my work to be a better photographer or better visioner it's to allow women to come to me and not anymore choosing women, like a man. Like I'm choosing you because I like your face. I'm choosing you because you like the industry of modeling. So you didn't want
1: to choose the women. You wanted them to come to you. So did you put out an ad? Yes.
0: I mean, Instagram works like I got like 140
1: uh, answers. So they just like came to your door. Yeah. You had no requirements. No only and so they approached you and you didn't refuse anyone no you just took everybody in and took photos of them i was obsessed i
0: was obsessed amazing because the process of allowing people to serve them i was in the service of women so i was giving my service to women i was bringing them here there was food there was like i was bro i was i spent all my money on this project and i still didn't find a book publishing for it but the book its different because I have to be patient, right? But the project itself is finished. And I remember I was like, I ah, had this amazing energy that I can listen to so many women. Mm. I was listening, listening, processing the shoot. Another woman's coming, listening, listening, processing the shoot. 15 women a day. Wow. So, and then suddenly I wake up and the guide or the, the voice say, you have to stop.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not it's too enough. much, it's, it's enough.
0: enough. And then what happened is, what I process was amazing is because when I put the pictures together, uh-huh. there was as black as white women together, which is kind of amazing. The numbers was kind of like trim, 50 What
1: about Asians?
0: Yeah, a few Asians, okay. but the Asians are minority. Like, oh. let's say like in my surrounding, uh-huh. I know one Japanese, one mixed woman who's uh, Asian. I mean, a few, like okay. four, let's say. Mm-hmm. I have four or five beautiful Asian in my work mm-hmm. only. And the rest was white and black. Okay. And Latino, you know. Uh-huh. And when you put the number, you realize what I create. What I create, it's like, when you turn, if the book is being produced, it's like when you turn the book, you can see the commonality. So I was obsessed because I didn't know how to express commonality. Mm. Not through colors of skin, Mm. but through the eyes. Mm. You know, so mm-hmm. we turn the page, or whatever, the color of the women. And suddenly, with turning the page, you realize the commonality of a New Yorker. I see. And boom, it hit my face and I'm like, I was like awake. I was like, oh my God, like, I now create oneness. And my work, is too advanced because people always want to ask me for only my pictures of black women. Oh. So it's like, it's kind of annoying of course because everybody's talking about race Uh it's like i'm talking with the front each time okay another thing juna you have to you have to understand the output the world today is talking about race Mm -hmm. my work wants to go transcending race that's my goal in my work but i have to do the work through the eyes of a black woman because i am a black woman do you know what i mean i'm not talking just about race so you're black i am a black yeah but yeah but the Construct the the way that society see me is black. I see. Do you understand? I mean yeah. it doesn't matter I'm not seeing myself like this. No, but this is what I have in front of me So the the tree the, the vision point the vision that I'm taking is like you see me as a black woman I'm showing you my other sisters and black women on um, Like vision and form which I am and then from that black form. I'm going to take a transcendental subliminal formless form that's my work beautiful you know but it's I mean it's not finished right thank you
1: it's finished,
0: right? I say it I'm like <laughs> oh
1: that's too much work it's never finished right? yeah right yeah thank yeah. you you're amazing thank you that's Delphine and uh, <laughs> of course we talked longer than uh, we meant to and I'm um, <laughs> I'm so grateful for your time
0: you're welcome I'm so glad you listen because oh I don't gosh. have this conversation a lot you know Okay,
1: love you. Love you too. In the show notes below, you can find links to Delphine's work, or you can go to her website, delphinedialo.com, where you can find limited prints for sale, get in touch with her for private commission work, and purchase her work through her agents. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, download episodes, and share with anyone who could use extra resilience right now. If you found this episode helpful to you, please leave a review. Go to mindbodyspace.com where you'll find online courses, all of these interviews and meditations organized into separate pages. If you have questions or interview suggestions, email us at info at Stay well, stay strong, and wishing all of you and your loved ones health, happiness, and hope.